Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as Zion Williamson crashing to the bucket. Man, the guy's got 20 plus in 18 straight games. He's a monster. He's a legend. He's going to be the face of the league. And Matt, I'm excited for him, but I still want to see him do more. I still want to see a 60-point game. He is a man among boys when he crashes to the bucket. Absolutely, man. He's just pushing grown men who are like almost 10, 15 years older than him around. Like it's nothing. He's just amazing to watch. But I agree, he's definitely got more to give us. And I can't wait to see it, buddy. I mean, it's only his like, we can't even really say second season because he didn't really get a full season last year. Plus, it's the COVID season, right? So, like, he's got time. Year five, I'm sure he'll be dropping 50 points every other game on whoever he feels like because, man, he's so dominant. You love to see it. Yeah, man. I think he's only, like, 60 games into his career at this point, and he's absolutely dominating. I forgot to mention that we're past the halfway point last week, man. We're officially past that halfway point. And uh, it's a good season so far. Those Jazz, though, buddy, are you feeling nervous about that prediction? Okay. Okay. I have to stop before I go into the Jazz because, yes, you're right. 50% of the season over, Matt. I'm happy that we've made it and it hasn't been too crazy. We haven't had too many problems. But, oh, the Jazz, they were so close. They fell short to the Warriors this week. But it's fine, Matt. Look, the Philly and the, uh, and, um, the Nets are two games out of 30 they don't have an opportunity to get to 30 until sunday the jazz have the wizards tonight and us on friday i think they'll be fine to get one win to get to 31st but man they're gonna pull it close yeah man who knows those wizards have been playing well of late they're keeping bradley beal westbrook's figuring it out and they did lose to golden state who got blown out in their other important games this week Matt, don't do this to me, okay? I need a W. I need to have this. You know, you're you're building the narrative that the Wizards are good. They're going to slap them. And then we need a good rebound win, so we'll slap them as well. Don't do this to me, Matt. I don't want this. Oh, buddy. Well, I'm not very good at the predictions anyways. Lucas sat out a game, so couldn't even get 50% of his games. He did do 33%, but hey, man, I love that guy. He's, he, he slaughtered the Clippers for you, like he said he was going to. So, I mean, kind of a win. Yeah, he was 1-1 one one in those games, but dropping 42 points in the win last night, can't complain about that. Not at all. But, Matt, let's move into the NHL. Talk to me about what's going on because, I mean, it's it's getting there. Time is flowing, and uh, Buffalo still kind of sucks. <laughs> Buffalo definitely sucks, man. But we'll do the COVID first. Uh, they did suspend one game between LA and St. Louis this week on Monday. Um, but it was the only game to be suspended. The COVID list is pretty short this week. There's only three players on it currently. Uh, Alexander Te- uh, Texier from Columbus, Noah Dobson from the Islanders, and Philip DiGiuseppe from the New York Rangers. Who, speaking of the New York Rangers, man, they dismantled Philadelphia last night. Nine nothing. Mika Zabinajad had six points in the second period. He he only had eleven up until this point in the season, which is a far cry from where he was last year. So I'm glad to see him starting to get hot because he is a fun player to watch, man. Hey, maybe this will be the starting point, right? Like a big a big thing like that, having a nice game, like that'll really put some fire under your skates. Yeah, man. They got Panarin back. Hopefully Lafreniere can start to pick it up again. But 
I'm going too far into the New York Rangers because I do want to talk about those Buffalo Sabres. Last week, we mentioned that they had been on a huge losing streak. That losing streak continued this week up till 12 games now. They've only had three wins in their last 20 games. Ouch, man. Ugh. And Jack Eichel, he's hurt. Taylor Hall took a puck to the face while falling this week. They fired their coach, Ralph Kruger, this week. But I think the funniest thing that happened was between Nathan Bastian of the New Jersey Devils kind of getting into a scuffle with Jeff Skinner. They both get roughing minors pulled to the box and are, are yapping at each other from, from each individual penalty box. And Nathan just hits him with the best line, man. You should score more goals. You're the most overpaid player in the world. <laughs> oh, that's harsh, man. That's good, though. Dude, it's harsh, but it it's very true. Considering both players have three points in almost identical amount of games, I think Bastion's played one extra game. Bastion has a 700K cap hit. So those three points, not too bad. Jeff Skinner's three points, they're paying $9 million a year. He's making $10 million in actual salary this year with a $9 million cap hit. Yikes. Yeah, on the one hand, it's like, you know, he's sitting there with all of his money and he's just getting barked at by this guy who is a nobody to him in the league. But on the other hand, like, dude, like, play up to your worth. Like, that's the important thing. Absolutely, man. Jeff Skinner was a surprise call there back in the day. He's been in the league for 10 years now. And he had a 72-point season with Buffalo when they paid him that $9 million. Mm -hmm. He's just absolutely regressed. So he's got to figure that one out. Okay, Matt, I have to ask you a question about the Sabres. Worst season, Sabres or the Houston Rockets? Sabres, man. At least the Houston Rockets had some kind of winning streak in there. The Sabres are absolutely garbage right now. I think it might even be worse than Detroit last year, who set the all-time league record for, like, lowest points percentage by a team since the... uh, since the uh, like turn of the century, so it's not good, man. It is not good. Poor, poor Sabres fans. Yeah, man. I bet you they wish they were Vegas fans right now who are leading the league in points <laughs> percentage with Tampa, Florida, nipping right behind them. Joe Quinville's done a fabulous job with that Florida team. But we're here to talk about the North, buddy. You know I love that North division. So and true. I got to talk about them because – even with Toronto struggling, they're still leading the way because they had that huge, huge gap on everybody. But the Jets, man, the Jets are right on their tail. Edmonton, they're being held up in third with, they've got more, they played more games than both Montreal, who's behind them, and Winnipeg, Toronto, who's in front of them. But they're being buoyed by the mcdavid Drysdale combo. McDavid had eight points in four games this week. Drysdale had seven. McDavid's on pace for 98 points in 56 games. Wow. He could have 100 points this season in 56. The guy's unreal. That is just, that's like a, a, a fantasy number in my mind, Matt. Dude, he's a video game out there. Here, I'll put <laughs> it in, I'll put it into perspective for you. Because compared to Tyler Toffoli, who's the leading scorer on the Montreal Canadiens, He's on pace for 52. Wow. That's wow. 46 extra points. Wow. That's 
That's absolutely insane. Matt, I'm looking at this North Division table, and I'm seeing these eight overtime losses for your Canadians, and it really puts them in an interesting place sitting mid-table. Dude, they're 0-8 when it goes to overtime in the shootout. So if they had won half of those games and gotten the extra four points, they would be right with Winnipeg, two points behind those Leafs with the game in hand. So Wow. It's been a rough season for them. They've had their ups and downs, but by no means are they out of this thing with half of the season to go. Again, a rough week. They had to play Calgary in back-to-back games after they got a boost from Daryl Sutter, who's their who's their new coach. They lost Ben Sherratt to a senseless fight against JT Miller in the Vancouver yeah, game. Yeah, I saw that. That was dumb. Hey, man, he wanted to get, I think, his game going because he's not been uh, on top of his game lately, and it backfired. He broke his hand on the guy's visor. Rough. Yeah, absolutely, man. And then we've reverted back to our old ways. The coach is coaching to, to not lose instead of coaching to win. He's making decisions based on the tenure of the players and not necessarily their skill level, and the impact that they have on the game. I really think Romanov looked a little lost in that first game against with Shea Weber, but he provided something that Shea Weber doesn't have with Joel Edmondson. And last night, watching that game against the Winnipeg Jets, man, that's all I could see is just how bad they were at breaking out of their own zone. It's what lost them the game. They couldn't break out from D-man to forward in their own zone. And Romanov looks absolutely lost trying to cover for Xavier Ouellette, who just seems to be running around out there. He actually ran into Price and knocked him over on Winnipeg's second goal, which was just an easy tap-in for Kyle Connor. Just brutal, my friend. That is painful to hear. I appreciate your use of my favorite Russell Westbrook comment ever at this point. Hopefully, hopefully they can keep climbing and, and claw their way to the top of this table because the North Division is exciting, and uh, I want the Canadians to be up there for you, my dude. Hey, man. Uh, Mark Bergeron uh, was in the halfway avail- availability, media availability, and he said, you know, we just got to get in. I believe that we have the team to get in, and anything can happen because this team is built for the playoffs, man. Last night, the refs put the whistle away with about eight minutes to go in the game, and that's when we really started to do a lot of our damage and, and kind of dictate the pace of play. Tyler Toffoli scores the game-tying goal with like two minutes left. But right before that, man, he should have been he should have been in the box. He was <laughs> sticking a guy between the legs a, a few times and, and hooking him. But the refs had put the whistles away, and he got away with it. Puck goes to Perry, and he puts it into a wide-open net after he passes Toffoli. So it was just... Uh, it's nice to see that they're a playoff team. I'm just scared that they won't get there. That's always the scariest thing, right? Like if you want to you want to prepare your team for the toughest battles that you're going to have throughout the season, but at the same time, like if you're playoff ready, but you can't win those games, like it doesn't matter at the end of the day. So, definitely scary, but positive things I'm hearing, Matt. Yeah, man. If they can figure out their overtime woes and play a guy like Josh Anderson and Druin and Suzuki over a guy like Deneau and Paul Byron, yeah, we might actually figure it out and might actually get an OT win. But 0-8 and and OT and shootout, man, it hurts. It definitely hurts to hear it. Matt, anything else for the NHL? Nah, man, I'm good to go to the hardwood. Beautiful. Well, like you said earlier, 50% of the season is over. It's crazy. We've made it. 
I still remember when we started at the beginning of the season and it was like, oh, we're still waiting for James Harden to get traded. We're trying to figure out if the Warriors are going to be good. I didn't believe in Philly, but Matt, it's crazy. I love that we're here and I love that the season is still going on. Yeah, man. I love that they, they haven't had to postpone very many games. They've been uh, creative in the way that they're they're getting the games going. And man, you did not believe in Philly, but those Brooklyn Nets that you believed in, they're right up there now. Well, I mean, I, I low-key knew that Harden was going to show up there, but I'm getting too ahead of myself, Matt. We'll talk about all of these teams. We'll start here with COVID. Three positives this week. Unlike the NHL, where you seem to always know which players are on the list, they don't share that information in the NBA, so we don't really know. There's rumors that, you know, since Tristan Thompson has been out, and then uh, I believe it's Wiseman and Pachel for the Warriors that are currently in uh, protocols but uh it's interesting Matt I always I always find it interesting that you always have those names on cue every time (laughs) they they publish it man in the NHL uh and normally they don't reveal the reason so they don't say that if he's tested positive or not it's just uh that he's in league protocol for it Mm. so you're actually just pulling the names and in the same way that I just did but you're more confident I see I see okay okay but uh Matt the most interesting thing is happening the league has just recently come out and said that they're going to be easing restrictions for vaccinated players. Now, there's a lot of rules involving it. Uh, basically, you have to be two weeks past your final dose, and there have to be 85% of the players and staff members on your team have to be vaccinated for these rules to account. So it's less worrying than what you initially thought, Matt, when you heard about them you know, easing up on restrictions. Yeah, man. I didn't want them to ease up too quickly, man. We still want to get the full season in, but I'm sure they put out a, a FAQ page on, on the vaccinations and, and tell the players kind of what they should be expecting and what their doctors and team doctors should say. So, And I, and I really like that 85% number, Matt, because I know that a lot of players have been coming out as skeptical. There's obviously been large skepticism with, you know, the way the medical community is around uh, the black community in America. I don't want to get too far into that, but I'm hoping that this will be positive and that the players can come together and, you know, decide that this is for the benefit to go with the vaccine. Because Matt, tell me if you're on the road and your team is basically vaccinated and you can, you have, you don't have to quarantine for a close contact. You can go to outdoor restaurants. You can visit friends. You can leave your hotel anytime on the road. You don't have to wear a mask in your team facility. Tell me that's not a lot of good reasons to try to get your player base and your staff vaccinated. Oh, 100% it's a great reason. And man, you should be getting the vaccine anyways. Um, it looks like it's a very safe vaccine. There have been so many people taking it. Uh, so knock on wood that they all stay healthy and safe and that it works. But... It, it seems like a no-brainer to me at this point, man. Yeah, especially in America where, you know, kudos to that uh, new government that is doing a really good job and are way ahead of their plans. And uh, it looks like hopefully uh, North America will be vaccinated sooner than later if America can decide to help our Canadian friends who, uh, yeah, we're not doing great up here with our vaccinations. Oh, we're struggling in some parts of the country to, to roll it out properly and, and who gets the first dosage and, and all that kind of stuff. It's it's interesting. Yeah, but hey, we'll we'll move on from COVID now. We'll talk about injuries. Matt, it was a crazy week. Like it seemed for a while that nothing serious was happened and then I mean, this week we had that Embiid leg injury. I don't know if you saw it, Matt, but that hyperextension was scary looking. Man, it didn't look good at all. I hope that he's okay because 
he's been an MVP candidate this year, man. Uh, if not the MVP candidate. So hopefully he can come back and be his old dominant self because that's that didn't look good at all. I, I like audibly uh, like watching it like it was not pretty. You know, the MRI came back. Apparently, it's not serious. It's going to be two weeks. But, man, looked painful. And you're right. Embiid was probably the true front runner for MVP. And this, you know, this two weeks off could, could hurt him. You know, we'll see if it's worse if he comes back. I'm happy because it looks like Jokic might be coming back as uh, the potential uh, front runner. But uh, that's a conversation for another time, Matt. We'll stick to injuries. AD is out for another two weeks. Still scary for the Lakers. Yeah, Durant out for another two weeks as well. So, you know, I mean, different stories, right? You look at the Lakers who are truly missing Anthony Davis and they have been struggling with him gone. Whereas on the other hand, you got Durant where the, the Nets haven't missed a beat and uh, Harden and Kyrie seem to be uh, going on with no problems without him. Yeah, man. I mean, the Lakers did figure it out this week with three wins and uh, in all their games. Uh, they're starting to to stay afloat. I mean, twenty seven and thirteen is not a bad record. But you're right; those uh, Brooklyn Nets have just been rolling in, along without KD. I mean, nine and one in their last ten, a six game win streak, and you don't have one of the best players in the world, if not a top two player in the world. Like, dang, they're gonna be scary when they when he's back. I uh, I really want to see the Nets do good, even if they are in the East now and we have this scary team, but. Moving on, Matt, a player who last week I was talking about potentially the Kings were looking at trading. Marvin Bagley has a left hand fracture. It's in his shooting hand. There's no real information yet on how long it's going to be, but uh, poor Kings struggling as always. Yeah, man. I mean, they should have just drafted Luca, but whatever. <laughs> I, I literally we just talk had about to that. give you your moment. I had to just <laughs> give you your moment to make that comment every time. Okay, so uh, Matt, I don't know if you've heard, but John Wall is planning knee surgery. I so, did, you know, indefinitely. Yeah, well, with the Rockets, like apparently he might be coming back to play, and then might be dealing with it later. Like it's all still up in the air. But man, come on, the Rockets suck. John, go get your knee sorted out. Don't play for that organization right now. I'm sorry. That's just my two cents. Man, poor guy can't make it through a full season, eh? He's just, he's too brittle at this point in his career. Great, great player when he's on the floor and, and can stay healthy. But man, it's it's very few and far between that he is. And I don't, I don't know what it's going to take for him, right? Because like his game is so precedented around his knees. And he, they just, they're not working for him anymore. And, you know, we look at players like Blake Griffin who have changed their game. You know, you think about Serge Ibaka and how he changed his game. A lot of shooters, like, I don't really know what John Wall can do to really, you know, work his game around the knee problems that he's had. And this might just be the future of, you know, uh, an aging star who just can't get through a full season anymore. Yeah, man. At least he secured that bag before the knee injuries really popped up. <laughs> Facts. Gotta love it. All right, all right. So another Rockets player, Eric Gordon. He's got a groin strain. He's going to be out. Another unfortunate situation. Not much to talk about because I'm sure Eric Gordon wanted to stop playing anyways. But uh going to be harder to trade him now, man. It's going to be harder to trade him. And I'm sure that they're upset about it because they could have gotten some decent assets for him. So that that is for sure, considering, I mean, we're going to move into the trade market real soon and talk about all the things that they're doing. But the last big thing of note was uh, Steph Curry last night. Uh, he left, I think, in the third quarter uh, with a tailbone contusion. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, Matt, but uh, I don't know how, how often if you've ever fallen on your tailbone, but that looks 
painful, and it is painful, but I don't think it's going to be too serious, and he shouldn't be out for too long. Yeah, man, hopefully he's not out for too long. He uh, was not happy with his team this week in a blowout loss against the Clippers, man. He was giving it to them on the bench, just asking for some effort and pleading with them. Gotta love that leadership, man, but like we've been saying, it's it's all Steph all the time, and that just isn't how you win in this league with just one player. Man, it's, it's unfortunate, but can you really be upset when that dynasty had the run that they had and, you know, with Clay coming back around the corner next season, like they could be back to the top, you know, and they could have two years, not even a year and a half of being not amazing. So, you know, this is the price you pay for making a deal with Kevin Durant. 100%. All right. So trade market time, Matt, the first thing we bring up, we're talking about Trevor Ariza for Myers Leonard. Obviously Leonard had his, problems with his comments made while gaming online but you know him and a second pick going to the thunder uh and trevor reza going to the heat interesting trade matt thoughts man very interesting trade the best part about this whole trade is that with it they own uh, the oklahoma city thunder own like 17 first round picks through 2026 just unbelievable man they they control the draft it's awesome yeah no the the thunder really know what's up and you know the heat they've been really figuring it out since jimmy butler has come back from his injury so you know trevor ariza a good glue guy that'll fit into that system and i'm sure he would love the opportunity to play with a team that's on the rise like that right now definitely man and you know the miami heat making it to the nba finals last year adding a guy like trevor ariza who can guard you know he can slow down a james harden a a kd a Kyrie. not that you can ever really guard those guys because they're going to get theirs but hey you got it you got to stack up with the defense because defense wins championships i mean the heat turned a bad situation into a pretty good player in my in my opinion so you know, A-plus for them, and again, the Thunder just rocking in those picks, rocking in the future, so win-win all around. You know, Ariza has been traded 11 times, which is an NBA record, but oh, wow, I think it's more to do with the fact that teams want him than that teams don't want him, you know? That's always the question, exactly, right? When you're thinking about trades, whether it's somebody who is just a part of a trade deal or somebody you are actually trading for, and I bet you if you took all 11 of those trades and figured out who was the most important player, the reason why each one traded, I bet you Trevor's up there for a good majority of them. Definitely, as he's the player that other teams are targeting. 100%, my friend. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let's talk about this Bucks trade with the Rockets now because the Rockets, you know, they got rid of P.J. Tucker. They made a deal with him. They said they wanted to move him. And so, okay, I'm going to attempt some names here. P.J. Tucker, Rodens Karuks, and a Bucks. 2020 uh first so they're getting their picks back is going to the bucks and then the rockets are getting the djs augustine and wilson and a 2023 first matt i know you were kind of freaking out when you saw this trade at first but uh, it all came together in the end it definitely came together um i believe the bucks also acquired uh tory craig in a separate transaction from the trade uh which is but using some of the assets um i honestly think that when I saw the trade, I read PJ Tucker for two players and a first, and I went <laughs> wild. <laughs> that yeah. was the dumbest decision. But 
They do get their 2022 first round pick back, even though it was originally protected and they gave up an unprotected first round pick and a rights to a pick swap. It doesn't really make a difference though, because the Bucks have Giannis and they're going to be good for years. Yeah. I do like PJ Tucker and I've been seeing what they've been doing with, um, what's the guy who was on the Knicks before, um, that joined the Bucks this year. It'll come back to me, but I think PJ Tucker will fit in to play a similar role that he's doing uh, by playing that four position when Giannis is playing the five. Um, so I actually really like the pickup for the Bucks. Yeah, man. I think it's a great pickup for the Bucks. Again, it goes back to that Trevor Ariza um, idea that you need defense to win. And PJ Tucker is a guy who can who can slow down multiple positions. At 6'6", he can guard centers, which is pretty hard to find in today's NBA. Uh, it's Bobby Portis, by the way, was the player I was mentioning. Ah, so, yeah. Figured. I think that they, I think they have defensive similarities. Obviously, I think Portis is a better three-point shooter than Tucker is, but you know Tucker can shoot threes, and I think he'll fit in and he'll be a good rotational piece. And the Bucks need to do more to keep Giannis happy. So yeah, man, I like I like Tucker in his short stint in Toronto when he was playing here. So I think he's a good player. And I always forget about that short stint. Yeah, he was he was good. Yeah, but. Uh, the Rockets picking up the DJs, kind of irrelevant, unfortunate. You know, I think DJ Wilson was playing decently well for the Bucks this year. And I know Augustine always played okay, but uh, more players joining the Rockets purgatory. Dude, they were just in it for the picks. They, uh, they're trying to get that uh, Thunder vibe going, you know? I mean, who wouldn't want to be the Thunder right now? Okay, Matt, moving on. Okay, this one's going to really hurt me. Okay, so the 2019 slam dunk winner... Hamdio Diallo is going to the Pistons. And the Thunder are receiving Svi Mikhailik at a 20-27 second. I think I did okay there. I think you did really well. I would have butchered it way worse. (laughs) That's why I try to do the trades and do the names over you, Matt. But uh, yeah, the Thunder, another pick. Um, The Pistons looking for a young player in Diallo to be part of their rebuild. I guess it's a win all around. Yeah, man. I mean... He's got two years in his in the league, two and a half years, 129 games. Diallo does. He yeah. averages almost 12 points, 5.2 rebounds. Like solid player with a 48% shooting from the field. Um, he fits in with Shea and and that core and the fact that they're going to be young with all those first round picks. So I like it, man. I like what they did. Again, Sam Presti, that guy's a genius. I love him as a GM. He really just knows what up. But, uh, okay, Matt, let's move on to these rumors. We obviously mentioned, I think we mentioned that the Wizards don't want to trade Beal anymore. And if not, they shouldn't because they have been playing pretty well of late. Yeah, man. Uh, decently well of late. They're, they are, they did go on a five-game losing streak as we talk about them, though. <laughs> <laughs> Look, losing streaks happen. I've just been happy to see, you know, Westbrook and Beal figure themselves out. I was sad when Westbrook was getting like really ripped on at the beginning of this season. I'm sure his mental took a hit with the way that he moved around and, you know, the changes going on. But, you know, Beal is such a, a such a great shooter and Westbrook is really good at controlling, you know, an offense. So, you know, if they can score enough points, the Wizards can be good and hopefully they can turn into the eighth seed that I hope they would be at the beginning of the year. <laughs> Maybe, potentially, man. But the fact that they played the 76ers and the Bucks twice this week did not help their cause. So no. who knows? They could start surging. I mean, they're only three games back with the wraps. So 
Just don't mention our anything mention is possible. <laughs> I don't want to hear our record. We'll we'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me be sad later on in the episode. Let me have another five ten minutes before we have to talk about that gross o four week. But okay, Matt, I've heard rumors that the Pacers are looking to shop Turner. I don't know if it's Sabonis going on this amazing play that he's been on triple doubles left and right. Um, but what's your opinion on a potential ch- Turner trade? I think that they need him because of the anchorage that he provides that defense. I love Sabonis. I think he's a a great offensive player. He lacks a little something on the defensive end, and and his partnership with Turner is definitely a great partnership for the both of them. I would be trepidatious if I'm the Pacers, but if if the deal makes way too much sense for your team, yeah, he's an expendable piece. Exactly. We're we're 100% Matt on the same page because you're right. Sabonis is great. He's fantastic. But Turner provides that inside presence that is is such a unique commodity in the league, right? Because he's not quite Rudy Gobert, but he provides a lot of blocks and he is a true rim protector that Sabonis never will be. So uh, yeah, exactly. If the trade is perfect, if it fits your team, go for it. But otherwise, I like that towering combination there that they have for the Pacers. 100%, man. 100%. Okay, okay. Tristan Thompson, Matt. He's currently in COVID protocols, so who knows if he'll actually get traded. But the Celtics are thinking about moving him. I've heard rumors that apparently the Raptors might want him. There's some other teams. Thoughts on Thompson? Well, dude, I would like him on our team. I think we should have signed him as a free agent um, because he's he's better than what we have in terms of centers uh, on the defensive end and, and what he provides with his big body. But... If the Boston Celtics are going to trade him, they're going to need somebody of his ilk back. And who do we have to provide? I mean, it's it's true. I mean, Tice has had a pretty good season for them, and Williams isn't playing up the snow, so they have the bigs. But you're right; they would want something good for Thompson. I think with the protocols that he's in, I just don't know if the trade is going to happen, uh, especially with Toronto. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, I don't think it's happening with Toronto. I'd love to see it, but. Hey man, he's he's a good player. He is. He's just he hasn't really found it in the NBA, but he provides um, a decent uh, modern day center for for most teams. He helped out LeBron, that's for sure. But yeah, you're right. All right, Matt, we want to move into some of the games from last week because it was an exciting-ish week. There was some big games, some big moments, and a lot, a lot of triple doubles. Yo, man, I'm in. Perfect. So we roll it back. We go to Thursday, that Boston Nets game. Kyrie Irvin having 40 points, putting the Celtics away. It was beautiful. Absolutely, man. Which is so, so, so scary considering Boston was basically at full strength. And they Tatum drops 31 on a healthy 13 of 22. Brown didn't look good, though, in that game. And Brooklyn's missing... Durant, Blake Griffin, and they still go out there. And I mean, the game wasn't too close. 12 points, I know, is somewhat close in today's NBA, but I felt like Boston was struggling for most of that game. It was, I think you're right, Matt. It was definitely a struggle. Like, Brooklyn really played well in the second and the fourth to close out those games. I don't know if that's, you know, tired legs from Boston, but man, Brooklyn, the first 
really big moment of this week where they got to win, and they're continuing to climb. And I really think, Matt, that they're going to really get over Philly, and I think at the end of the season they're going to be top of the East. Oh, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't put money against you. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, I've doubted Philly all season, so this really keeps me on my own narrative. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not changing at all. Hey, man, at the beginning of the season, I had Brooklyn over them too. It's just I didn't have them as low as you did. Yeah, no, you had you had some faith. That that's for sure. Okay, so Matt, you want to talk about that Suns Portland game? Phoenix yeah. doing work. Like, even though Dame has been unreal, right? He had thirty points. Booker had thirty five, and uh, it was a real battle. Yeah, man, it's a real battle, but it comes down to, to Chris Paul just being able to control the game in those spots, man. He knows exactly what he's trying to do and what he wants from his team, and he executes it. And uh, that's why they're they're so good this year. They were one of the worst teams in the league for so long, and they had all that talent. And now with CP3, it's really coming together. It's crazy how you know they had that that amazing eight no bubble run and people were like oh are the suns legit like are they going to be able to keep this up and then chris paul decides you know what i can make that happen i can keep that up and the suns look really good matt and i can't believe that they're currently sitting second in the west yeah dude that was not something that i projected i actually expected them to do a little bit worse than people were saying but they're doing better than what people expected so Kudos on CP3 getting that team pulling like a team. No, he has been fantastic. I'm so glad to continually watch him be the player that he is. Trailblazers, though, Damian Lillard, we're going to come back to him and we'll talk about more because he continues to fight Steph for that battle. Matt, I was I was reading an interesting thing earlier. I just wanted your thoughts on it. Uh, in terms of Steph Curry being the greatest point guard that we've had recently, is what Dame is doing right now, and Steph struggles with his team and falling off, made it so that the battle between the best point guard has been closer than ever in recent years? Well, if you want to talk about individual career and stats, nobody changed the game like Steph, but Steph also had the better team around him. Dame is a guy who has never been highly touted. I think he was saying it this week. You know, wasn't a highly touted middle school player, high school player, college player. He had to work behind the scenes every single day, every single night. And he was hungry to become the player that he is today. And man, is he a freaking gamer. He is so good. I love watching him play. Like I said, man, ball in somebody's hands with the last shot. I'm giving it to him. Dame Dalla every time. All right, Matt. Friday was meh, so we can move on from Friday. Saturday, we had that Dallas-Denver game. Luka doing Luka things. You always love to see it. Yeah, man. A good battle between the European stars. Nikola Jokic almost putting up a triple-double, 26 points, 8 rebounds, 11 assists. Uh, But the Mavericks got the better of them, man. Uh, Luka's got that team in the playoff hunt, and I think he's getting himself back into the MVP race. I love that you say that, especially when Jokic on the other side is probably, with Embiid going down, the other big that is in the name of the MVP race. But I'm excited to see if Luka can get back in. Obviously, I want to see this Mavericks team go harder. I said they were going to be, what, second overall? So obviously they got to do better for me to get back up. But 
I'm happy, Matt, and it was a good game between the two teams. Yeah, man. They And they've had their injury woes, so I won't rip on you too hard. Uh, but getting KP back and healthy, when you put up 25 points in 28 minutes, that's going to that's gonna really help out your team. Oh, definitely, for sure. All right, shall we move on to Sunday? That yeah, buddy. That stomping of the Clippers. That I was super excited to see, man. Um PG didn't look great in that game. Kawhi looked pretty good, but it's all about Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. 13 of 16, and he had 27 points in 32 minutes. The guy, like I said it before, is just an absolute animal. Give me some Zion Williamson. Man, I'm, I'm glad to say that I feel like every week, we'll get to at least talk about one game that Zion was a part of. At least. All right, all right, all right. I know we've got another Zion down the road, but let's talk about Monday. Let's talk about that New York Knicks versus Brooklyn. Like, the controversial game that was Julius Randle being real upset. Talk to me, Matt. Dude, he definitely traveled with that ball. He went up (laughs) for a shot. I get it. Kyrie touched the ball a little bit. But you still were up in the air holding that ball with full control. You have to let go of the ball when you come down. But I just want to joke about Stephen A. on first take, basically crying because the Knicks are somewhat relevant. This guy makes fun of Cowboys fans every single year for being happy that their team is mediocre and this man is crying on national television about the knicks being mediocre like get out of here man they got no chance against brooklyn no chance they didn't have durant in that game like i get it julius randall's a dog i love me some rj barrett emmanuel quickly's playing good but they got nothing on brooklyn nothing nothing Devin, Matt, I'm I'm just gonna move because I, I don't know what to add to that. That was beautiful. That's basically a great recap. <laughs> Brooklyn versus New Thanks, York. Fam. Like, yeah, watching watching Stephen A just be like so ecstatic. Like, could you imagine if the Knicks would beat the Nets in the plant? Like, oh man. They won't. So fun. No, of course not. Okay. They won't. <laughs> Get not out of here. All right, so Tuesday. Bin. <laughs> Pelicans Portland's Matt. One point difference between the game. It's crazy to think that it came down to the wire. Bro, that's that Dame Dollar living in with that 50 points, bro. I mean, he, I think that was the game that he talked about being unrecognized and just putting in the work. The guy is carrying that squad. I mean, 50 points on 13 of 20 shooting. It's just, he's he's special. He's He's so good. And to have 50 points, like, yeah, four turnovers, sure. 50 points, 10 assists, six rebounds, 18 for 18 on free throws? Like, come on, man. Monster. Come on. Proving himself as an absolute stud, top guard in the league. But, yeah, you said it last time. You know, you look at the other side. You look at Ingram with 30 points. You look at Zion with 28 points. Nikhil Alexander-Walker had 20 points, like, this Pelicans team is no snuff, and uh, I hope that both of these squads make it into the playoffs because they're super exciting basketball to watch. Man, it's why I thought the Pelicans would make the playoffs this year. I really did believe in that Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson tandem. I just forgot how stacked up that West can be. It's too so tight. It is so true. Okay, Matt, 
Moving to the East, Wednesday's game, that OT thriller between Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Giannis sitting down on the court because he's having a good time. Like, what an interesting game. Man, Yanni. Yanni's got 32, 15, and 5. He battled so hard. He's lucky Embiid wasn't in there because Embiid definitely slows him down and gives him trouble. But they were able to hold every single one of those Philadelphia players to under 20 points. So that's really impressive when you still got guys like Tobias Harris, Steph uh, Seth Curry, and uh, Ben Simmons on the other team. Great defense by Milwaukee and, and really truly relying on that superstar talent that is Giannis. An important win for Very. the mental of Philadelphia. Giannis having fun, you know, clapping back at the media. But, uh, you know, it's always exciting to see you know, the top teams of, of either side of the conferences battle against each other. You're right, though. It was sad that Embiid was missing. Yeah, man, because he, he always makes that game more entertaining. Um, also want to shout out my Luka, 42 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds last night. Wasn't the triple-double that I wanted, but he did beat the Clippers pretty handedly. It's true. Matt, I will also say that it's crazy that imagine if he had had that triple-double because history was made last night. Six triple-doubles, Harden, Simmons, um, Draymond Green, Jokic, Sabonis, Westbrook. It's a new NBA record from last Saturday when there were five triple-doubles in a single game. Man, what a crazy season with records just breaking left and right. Dude, triple-doubles are becoming way more commonplace in the NBA today than they used to be. Uh, the guys are so talented and so skilled that you have multiple players in the league who can go get you 10 rebounds and 10 assists while dropping 20-plus points. It's it's a great league to watch, that's for sure. That's right. It's so entertaining. Matt, part of it has to do with the G League that we deal And There was a championship that just happened, the Lakeland Magic. They beat the Delaware Bluecoats. I'm rolling over it real quick because I can't believe how long we've been talking already. Kareem Maine, the Canadian god, we'll throw him out. Yeah, March man. Madness is around the corner. I don't want to talk about it because there's so much time. We really got to move into Raps chat, eh, dude? Yeah, dude. I'm super ecstatic about how how good the the week has been. And you're right, G League Championship, March Madness coming around the corner. You know those Zags are going to win, so why even chat about it? Because we had a bad week. A fade for Cade kind of week. It's it's so painful because, like, yes, we went 0-4. We didn't have Siakam or Fred for three of those games. We didn't have OG for all those games. Like, you said it, Matt. After that Atlanta game, you were just done with Raptors basketball for the week. Yeah, man, I was so BS to watch that game where the Raptors are shorthanded like crazy, struggling to gut out a win, and we should be winning by more than the three points that Tony Snell hit. Credit to him for hitting a last-second three-point shot and stepping into it and Trey Young for finding him, but it shouldn't have even gotten there. That ball was still on the rim when Trey touched it. That is basket interference. When Nick Nurse was arguing with the ref after, the ref looked at him and said, yeah, you have a point, but never over overturned it. Just yeah. stupidity. Ugh. It was not good. It was a sad start to the week, and you could tell the mental of the boys took a big hit from that game and the rest of the way because, you know, you look at that Hornets game, like, man, we were down, and we dragged ourselves back in just like we dug ourselves back in, in Atlanta. You know, Norm had an off night. Like, the Hornets were three-point gods. Yes, LaMelo is 100% going to be Rookie of the Year unless Tyrese Halliburton comes out and starts doing crazy things. But 
we went on a 20 to 3 run to close that game in garbage time like come on raptors like pull it together like this was an opportunity for some of these bench pieces to really come out and have their moments and unfortunately we dropped the ball and that's why our record looks as poor as it does now yeah man we definitely dropped the ball um speaking of ball lamello ball and that spin around three-point shot it's the major difference between him and Lonzo is the confidence to do stuff like that. He believes in his janky jumper, even though he shouldn't. And it works out for him, man. I mean, six of nine, he's got a great uh, percentage of the season for somebody with such a an ugly shot, 377 from three-point range. And he, sh- he shoots from deep, too. So he's looking like a stud, looking like we were both wrong on him. But you're right, our Raptors just... Come on, guys. Pull it together. Losing to the Bulls the next game by almost 23 points. Like, jeez, boys. I mean, besides Norm, Lowry, and Boucher against the Bulls, we really had nothing. Like, Norm had 32-4-5. Lowry had 25-8. and eight, Boucher with 17-4. being ejected. Yeah, I mean, exactly right. Like, all I have written down for this game, dude, is, bro, we miss OG, and Nurse was real sad looking at the end of it. Like, oh, tough L to take. Absolutely tough L, buddy. And even last night, uh, that was a, a tough one again against the Detroit Pistons, where we only lose by four on a career night from Norm Powell. 43, 43 points. points. Is it time to trade Norm? For some good assets, what's your? I mean, I, I, you know how sad I will be to watch Norm walk because he's been a a you favorite player of mine, and and it's hard because Norm he has his moments, but he's still not the player that we really wanted. He's not ever gonna be, at least in our system, with the players that we've decided are gonna be our mains an all star. So it might be time to move him on, and it might be the same with Kyle, like. If we have another, like, if we have another couple of L's before this deadline, like, it might just be the reason to blow it up. But, you know, I think about what Fred was saying and his words of, you know, if we if we go on a five, six game winning streak, this will just be a blip and it won't matter. But, I mean, you got to go on that winning streak first. Yeah, man, we definitely have to go on that winning streak. But I think if PJ Tucker can warrant a first round pick, Norm Powell can warrant a few. The guy's averaging almost 20 points on... 446 from behind the arc and a 652 true shooting percentage he has been on fuego for our team man he's the only reason we're in some games and he's our only good scorer yeah no it's it's so true i will be sad though because then when we face the bucks we won't have you know our our norm sniper our norm god to take them down but yeah man it's gonna be a really interesting week a lot of time will tell Matt, I have to bring up Freddie's comments on his COVID experience because he was talking in an interview about how he had symptoms, how he felt really bad in short spurts, you know, like he definitely knew that this was, you know, nothing, nothing to snuff. He never wanted to wish it on anybody like him saying that he he felt like sometimes that he had just like played six back to back games or whatever it was and just like his body was aching. Like you can tell that our team's legs are not under them and we have been grossly affected by COVID. Yeah, man. I mean, he comes back and he's one of seven from behind the arc. Uh, you could tell that his legs were tired, that he just didn't have it. And you're right. 
that's what COVID does. And it's, and it's a lingering thing. They don't say that when you're healthy and COVID free, that you're right back to normal, that it's about a two week period for you to get back. So I hope it really doesn't affect us because I'm really hoping for a big week this week. We're playing Utah, Cleveland, Houston, and Denver. And I really need us to get back on track if we're going to make the playoffs. Man, I agree. I agree completely. Time will tell. We'll, we'll talk more raps. We'll, we'll plan out some more raps next week because I can't believe how far ahead we got to ourselves, Matt. But uh, anything else or shall we move into predictions? Man, we can move into those uh, mystic predictions for you. Okay, let let me start here because you made a comment about the Zags. Wild it. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, you're going to. I'm crazy. Look, the Zags may be undefeated. They may have had that crazy run sitting on top all year, you know, start to finish. You know, they're probably going to win the tournament. Let's be real. They've but got you a know top me. three NBA draft prospect on their team. Matt, I like spice. You know I like spice. And I'm looking at Cade Cunningham, that legend in Oklahoma State. Look, they may be the eighth-ranked team overall, but Cade is going to prove why he is the number one overall pick, and I'm going to watch Oklahoma State go all the way to the championship. Hey, man. Uh, Cinderella stories have happened before in March Madness. And he's the type of player that can really drag a team anywhere he wants. So exactly, hey, it's a bold prediction. It's a it's a hot take for sure. Uh, I hope it happens for you, buddy. Hope the curse doesn't get you. Uh, Who knows? <laughs> I'm gonna be a little bold this week. I'm gonna say the Raptors finish three and one to put us back into purgatory land. Uh, if we go zero and four this week, I say sell all our assets and let's go get Kate. But. It, hey, if it's an 0 4, it's a fire sale, Matt. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, man. Let's go get 17 first round picks like the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, it can be the dream. All right, Matt. Anything else you got, or can we throw it out? I think you're good to wrap us up, buddy. Beautiful. Well, thanks everyone for being here. You can check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at theboardsports. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.